Welcome back to the Joystick Show. Are you talking pigeon right now? Because you're just talking pigeon offline, so it carries over. Bro, your pigeon um, was mean, but also it, sensual. I know, super sensual, like ASMR pigeons, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like going nine already. Yeah, I feel like going nine eye, huh? You like hearing my voice, supple, huh? supple like one pigeon. It's like rainwater. Like. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like rainwater, so. To yeah. transition, all the drops of rain turning into topics for this evening, huh? We're going to talk about mm-hmm. uh, the new teaser trailer for Frasier, which was, I, I believe, a, a 90s sitcom? Yeah, so I think it started in the 90s. Um, early mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to get into a little bit of the Rebel Moon trailer via Netflix. And we're going to do some reviews on the newest DC movie, A Blue Beetle. Uh, Tom Bob's going to get into At Home with the Furies. Uh, we can talk about Elemental and also, obviously, Ahsoka. Pilot episode, season one, episode one, just came out. Um, but let's get into that Frasier teaser trailer. There wasn't a lot of uh, like action in that, but what did you guys think about that? I think it was cool. It's um, It was done in a very Frasier-esque way, if you watch Frasier... Um, the old show, they had like an outline of like Seattle that would come out and spell out Frasier with the needle and stuff. And they used that to outline Frasier. And they had him re-singing the intro mm. to the um, original show. But like it's, it's him now. You can tell um, you can tell it in his voice and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a cool it's nod a- to what you watched before. And hopefully that's just to tell you like. We're going to keep it the same, maybe. Whatever you loved before, we're going to keep it going. I'm excited. Um, I used to watch Frasier. So. Yeah, Frasier good. Yeah, I liked it. Man, I tried I to watch Frasier, but I felt too dumb. Mm. Like, I felt like I didn't understand. I only understood his dad. Because his dad oh, was, yeah, like, the yeah. normal guy. He didn't have, like, a <laughs> massive vocabulary. Maybe now I can watch it. Probably not. But, I mean, <laughs> I was too could. stupid to watch it back then. I didn't get it. <laughs> I wanted to like it. But I just feel like it didn't. Yeah, it's like a high makamaka show to an extent. There's lots of like references that you're like, ooh, do I need to be like affluent to understand? Do I need a dictionary to understand but that joke? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think that's why it was funny because like <clears throat> Frazier, I guess in the show, like he's making good money and like he likes the finer things and his brother was the same and their mother raised him that way. But the dad was such like a dude what the hell like enjoy yourself like stop being so stuck up and most of the people around them in the show were like that mm-hmm. and it's like he I'm always, he's always trying to like surround himself in like elegance and and he's always like grounded by people like you look dumb like so <laughs> yeah. that's what kind of made it funny like the dad's comments or um the dad's therapist's comments or the other people at the radio station or yeah whatnot. there was a lot of real people around him and his like high pompous kind of lifestyle like that made it funny. Right on. Okay. Yeah. Now I get it. Now I'm in on the joke. Can watch them. Yep. 
Oh, every time, bro. Stefani. Yeah. Okay, so that raises a question before I move on is what mm. sitcom would you want to see uh, updated, elevated, continued? That hasn't been done yet. That hasn't been done yet. Mm. Damn it. I don't think you could do, I mean, I guess all the actors are alive. I don't know if you could do Seinfeld oh. still. Like, I, I think they've all moved past that. For sure, for sure. You know, they're happy with it. So yeah. let me give you, uh, let me think about more suggestions that we can't do. And I'll pass it yeah. on to Scott in the meantime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of all the sitcoms I watched before. Ooh. Um, oh, yeah. Do you think they it. could do Third Rock from the Sun? Oh, shit. Yeah. Did they bring sure. that back at one point? Uh, I, I think they did know. a reunion episode, but they didn't like bring it back. Right oh, okay. Yeah, Dude, they could I probably do that. New Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. That that's what I want. Okay. Third Rock from the Sun for sure. Uh all I can think about is I know it's not a series, um, but <laughs> imagine if they redid Brink. Imagine it was a <laughs> <Yeah>. series. <laughs> yeah. They could oh, imagine if it was series. a series. If they did Team Brink Robinson. as a series, fuck yeah. <laughs> what Soul a- Skaters? Soul Skaters for life, bro. Is it Brink? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. I like good that. One. They could because they did um the Mighty Ducks TV show and they brought oh, back true, like yeah. Coach. So they could bring back the dude who was in Brink and he's like, now he's like the dad of soul, these soul skaters yeah. or something. Oh, bring back all that. Wow. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Just get Keenan from SNL. I know, yeah. <laughs> run it. <laughs> you know what they SNL. should do? Bring back Good Burger. Oh, wait, they are. They are, yeah. Yeah. Didn't that trailer drop? <laughs> yeah, I can't think of them. It did. It did. I didn't yeah. really watch that whole thing. Wow. Talk about uh, trailers. Um, we did get another trailer for something we didn't all watch, <laughs> which was Rebel Moon. Rebel Moon. What did right. you think about <laughs> it, guys? Because, Drake, you just watched it. How I just feeling? watched it. The first 30 yeah. seconds, I was like, is this 300? Because there's a lot of, there's a field of wheat. There's mm-hmm. a person touching said wheat. And then mm-hmm. it gets into like these these wide shots where I'm feeling like, oh, is this like Dune? And then all of a sudden there's like griffins and mythical creatures. And I'm like, am I watching the Odyssey? And then there's a lot. I feel uh, like you're like watching a, a lot of different things. Yeah, it's a lot of movies. And there's like yeah. a, a woman with spider legs. And I was like, whoa, is this James and the Giant Peach? And um, <laughs> so there's a lot of things I think that have been taken from. Well, there's like lightsabers. Yeah, there's lightsabers. Right? There's bombs. There's uh, high and tight haircuts. There's military. Um, and speaking of 300, there was that. There was a part in it where they totally did a Spartan kick. Yeah. So, so really? what's his yeah. name? Jaman Huntsu or something? Well, nailed it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> whatever, yeah. Why don't you try Scott <laughs> or whatever? <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I'm afraid to say anyone's name now. Yeah, yeah. It will be clipped to live on the internet for eternity. <laughs> for eternity. Uh, I, I think that's what it is. But he plays the wizard <clears throat> in Shazam, uh, and also <clears throat> one of the Kree in Guardians of the Galaxy. That guy is amazing. Um, yeah. What was the UFC movie he did, or like the MMA movie? Never back down. Oh yeah. There yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah. yeah which yeah. was the freaking name of the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't back down. Uh, that's <laughs> true. He's amazing. I love that dude. Anytime he's yep. in it, he, he always brings it, and I always believe what he's doing. Um, I hope he's a main character in Rebel Moon. Agreed. There's very, it's very Zack Snyder from what we've seen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the visuals look amazing. Um, all those things. It's like he has like this little boy at heart that's like really good at making visuals. Because like you're saying, all the things you listed, I'm like, it's like he just picked like, oh, that's cool too. Let's figure out a way. Like, I hope 
like I, I was watching the trailer and I'm like, of course it looks beautiful. It's not even what I'm worried about. I just hope this all makes sense. I'm seeing all these different things. I'm seeing a griffin, <laughs> yep, yep, seeing yep, a spider yep. lady, I'm seeing lightsabers, and I'm like, it seems like a lot What's going on to yep. fit into. And it is a part one, it says, but yeah. you know, Snyder, he, he the the script isn't always the strongest for his movies, and that's what I'm really worried about. Um, but I'm otherwise, at you looks sucker amazing. Page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm hoping it's not one big uh, music music video, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, definitely, man. the The score with the visuals, yes, it it always makes a great music video. But you're right. Uh, he recently came on line somewhere and said, like, he would like to see the director's cut of Sucker Punch. I too would like to see it. Um, I was not asking for his director's cut of the Justice League. But we got that anyway. And um, I I just, to your point, hope it does make sense because he has some really great ideas. The fights are cool. The action's mm. always great. But sometimes with his original stories, it doesn't always make sense uh, to mm-hmm. me. And I love Zack Snyder. I think he's an awesome person along with director, along with like mm-hmm. a visionary. Like he has his own style. It's very Zack Snyder and you got to appreciate that. But just like you're, I've heard that he's saying it's like Star Wars with like sex and murder, and it's like okay, that's a mm. high bar because like <laughs> yeah. star, we yeah. got some good Star Wars this yeah. week. There better be nudity then if he's trying to go for that. Yes, it could be full frontal Griffin nudity. So yeah. be ready that's for what that. I see and Spider Lady and Spider, yeah, yeah. Spider Cooch. No pants, no, no pants, pants, but lots of silk thread. Oh, hey oh. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Rebel Moon to be determined. I really am hoping the best for it. It seems like mm-hmm. Netflix is banking a lot on this sh- this movie. Um, mm. Already announcing a part two, so I-, I hope it does well. They have firepower in terms of acting. Charlie yep. Hunnam's in it. Mm. You said uh, Ray Ray Fisher's in it. Ray Fisher, who I mean, who gives a shit about Ray Fisher? Sorry, um, but like wow. <laughs> you know, I'm but hopefully. That was, yeah, especially for that. Like, hopefully he does well in this movie. Maybe he can get more work. True, movies, true. I mean, he, I know he said he doesn't really care. Everybody in the Justice League, like yeah, Warner Brothers. So, I mean, yeah. he, this is like his last shot for Hollywood, I would say. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins is the only other large, large name in here. Everybody else is kind of like. Yeah, he looks like he was narrating some of the trailer and stuff. So, um, but I mean, the, the, the cast is um, huge, though. They got the yeah. villain from Ant Man, Corey Stoll, Ooh. um, Carrie like Elwis, the yeah. Man in Tights, you know, the Robin Hood Man in Tights. Mm. Oh, okay. That dude, he's in it. Oh, There's wow. like a lot of just like faces. You're like, oh, I've seen this dude. Oh, I've seen this lady. You know, so. mm-hmm. Oh, this is it. Um, Sophia Botella is like, seems Regara. like she's the main girl oh. in it. So, um, and she's been in some stuff too. So I, yeah, I, I think that's Sweet. a strong person to base this franchise around. We will see. Yeah. Hopefully. Yep. Hopefully. And that'd be cool to get like an awesome epic, you know, um, yeah. at home. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. We're already into the review portion. Wow. And talking about a blockbuster film that may <clears throat> be at home very soon. It's probably not a blockbuster, but it was a big movie theater movie that doesn't seem mm-hmm. to be performing. It's one claim to fame is that it 
dethroned Barbie as number one, which Barbie will retake it back over this coming weekend, if I had to guess. But anyways, that's a long way of saying we are talking about Blue Beetle. Me and Mm. Scott were able to watch it. Uh, Yeah, I think my thoughts were kind of documented on the social medias. Scott, what did you think about this new DC movie? Um, The movie's a fun movie. Like, it's not super crazy amazing, um, but it is really fun. The CG and everything is great. You know, there's no weird stuff going on like in Flash. That was sad. But um, (laughs) the um, George Lopez actually thought was funnier than I thought he was going to be. Yes. um, Yeah. yeah. When I saw him in the trailer, I was like, oh, it looks like they're making him kind of cheesy because I used to like the George Lopez show. So it's not like I don't think he's funny, you know? Yes. But in the trailer, I was like, ah, oh, we'll see. But he had some like one liners in there. And the way he plays his like, crazy uncle, I'm like, <laughs> like I was rooting for him. Yeah. Like I liked him. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I'll yeah. jump in. I agree with you. I think it is a good movie. It's, I still think it's worth seeing in theaters, but mm-hmm. it's not going to knock your socks off. Like it's not going to be like, this is the most groundbreaking movie I've ever seen. Like it's, it's not that, but it definitely yeah. deserved, I think a theater release. Um, it's too bad the cast couldn't promote it, you know, like, especially for Zolo. Right. I mean, it's Zolo's yeah. first standout in a movie, um, coming from Cobra Kai where a lot of people still don't watch it, but you know, mm-hmm. that's a fun show, but that kid really stepped up. I was worried about him going from Cobra Kai to this because he's kind of cheesy in Cobra Kai. Some of his lines don't land. It makes me think now that the writing's not as tight as it should be, which shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, I guess. But in this, Mm -hmm. man, he is such good range. Like he really does a good job as a leading man in this movie. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I enjoyed him as Blue Beetle in this. And it, um, it really did take on the new version of Blue Beetle that we've been seeing in like, um, the comics and the yeah, like animated justice movies and stuff League like, or um young justice like yep, he was yep. in there too yeah and and they um they they mentioned like the old blue beetle which is great so it's not yeah. like this is the only one that ever existed kind of thing yeah they, um, they which, mentioned which is both. great there was yeah yeah it was there was it was cool the way they did everything um i felt like there was stuff for like the hardcore nerds who like follow the comics and whatnot and for people just picking up like what's blue beetle mm-hmm. um you'd still have a good time watching this movie. Yeah, hmm, definitely. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of, for me, and when I talked about this on the TikTok, <laughs> there's so much like Latino or like Latin, Mexican, American influence in the movie. And I really liked that. I really appreciated it. It was like getting a taste of that culture of the family <laughs> dynamic, um, just from the colors, the, the vibe <laughs> of the family, how supportive they are, the language. I thought all of that was incorporated super, super well into the story. It was really, really interesting. Um, and, and that's what uh, it also makes me a little bit sad about how it's performing because, you know, we were get our first Latino superhero and we're not talking about Namor who's a side supporting character slash villain. Like this is his story. This is, this is Jaime Reyes's personal story. And it's like, that's so cool, but it's not getting any love. And I I feel sad because of the timing, I think for me, but but that element of the story I thought was great. What did you think about it? Um, yeah, I think everything you were saying is really accurate. Um, yeah, it was just, I guess it was one of those. It's not like you'd be like, no, that sucked, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's kind of no, a yeah, setup. I mean, but you, you, it was well said. Um, I do have to, 
if you've been listening in the past episodes, like anytime we talked about the trailer of the show, like or this movie, I was really hesitant. I was like, it just it feels like, and I think it was sort of like the George Lopez thing, like feels like it's gonna be cheesy, like they're showing all the cool parts in the trailer. Um, it just is not gonna land. For me, it was better than the trailer. Oh yeah. Um, way better. And then when you see reviews, it's easy to like you're like, oh, it got like a like I got like a seventy. And you're like, oh, that's okay compared to like some of these other movies. You're like, oh, it's a ninety. It's a must see. Game changer. Um, you right. know, Wakanda like, Forever like type of thing. Oppenheimer, Barbie. Oppenheimer, is like yeah, the that's her stuff. We're all like coming off of. Right, right. But you go in the comments. If you, this is like a strange thing. Like you go in the comments of most movies, you'll see like a lot of negative along with the positive. But in this one, I saw like most positive. Like right. everyone's like, "Wow!" It surprised me. Like it was actually good. I had fun. I don't know what this article is talking about. It was a good time. I took my family. It was great. Like it was yeah. just a lot of positive views, and I'm like, "That's cool." Like it's kind of is a shame that it's not getting as much views in the theaters. It could be because they couldn't like um, go out and promote it. Maybe that was something. I think that definitely um, is affecting it for sure. Um, yeah, it seems like the marketing budget. I think even the marketing that we got focused on the wrong things. Yeah. Like it was focusing on like, look at this cool new hero when it should have been focusing on the heritage of the hero and, mm-hmm. you know, the the path that it's going to lead to the future. Uh, but also like this is stuff the cast might have talked about in interviews and then they couldn't, mm-hmm. you know. That's so true. Yeah. But I think the marketing focused on way the wrong things. Also, this back in the day was supposed to be a max streaming exclusive. Mm. Well, they decided oh. to pivot because they thought there was more juice there. They turned it into a movie, put more money into it, turned it into a movie. Um, but then also in that same decision within that realm, that's where that bad girl got canceled. So like this right. got elevated to full blown movie. Batgirl got wiped away, and so this was kind of ebbing and flowing and changing. But man, it, it came together really well. On on your point about George Lopez, like <clears throat> again, you if you like George Lopez, this is really gonna work because he's pretty damn funny. If you hate George Lopez, I don't know if this works for you because yeah, he's very George Lopez. Although I think everybody kind of has that crazy family member or like, you know, uncle or whatever. But it's like, he plays that role really well. Like the conspiracy theory, you know, like <laughs> yeah. all the birds are actually robots by the government. Um, you know, don't step outside. I don't want to show my identity. He plays that role super, super well. And he goes from just comedy in the beginning to a lot of heart and kind mm-hmm. of, you know, who sets, Jaime on the path to like, this is what you got to do to be a hero. And mm-hmm. and there's some stakes in this movie that really got to me. I was like, damn, they're really going for it. This is a sad moment. I was really mm-hmm. surprised by that. Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. I, I recommend going on, checking it out for sure. Well, what okay, so what are you thinking, as, Drake? Uh, as a DC, or let's say there's a DC comic book fan. Mm-hmm. And they've watched the Blue Beetle in things like uh, Justice League and uh, the animated series. <clears throat> and they kind of seen that origin story, et cetera. Maybe they've read the comic books. In this particular movie, just like how uh, The Flash kind of was, kind of bringing everything together, aside from the fact of all the negative um, publicity it was getting, what mm-hmm. would you hang your hat on is the best part of this rendition of blue beetle whether it's the casting the writing um the heritage uh, etc what would you hang your hat on that differentiates this from other dc movies 
uh, differentiate it from other DC movies. Okay, I, I can name three. Go for it. Family dynamic, mm-hmm. the <clears throat> genuine humor, and badass action that felt unique from DCU movies. Oh. So it felt like it's truly its own. And they used his abilities super well. And, and it feels like there's still so much room they could go. There's a wow. very... You get you get you can see this in the trailers, but he turns uh he turns a suit or he like makes a Buster Sword, and the way yeah. he uses the Buster Sword is sick. <laughs> he uses like, like Cloud does, yeah, like, like it's very video game esque, but still feels like it could work in the real world, mm-hmm. and that is badass. The humor it, it like worked for me. It's cute, like it's definitely something you could bring your family to. But if you have experience with latin culture or like mexican american culture like that humor is going to work for you and then the family dynamic in that same vein is really going to work as well because you know drake we're both married to mexican women like understanding a little bit more of that culture you get a taste of it you get to you know the the food how people talk to each other you know there's like a certain uh loudness and cadence and not in a bad way dynamic yeah Yeah. but yeah like just in a like a family dynamic way and that's there and it feels genuine and i i like that and and he's not ultimate He's not Superman. He's not Batman. He's this kid who gets thrust into this world and has to figure this out. And some of it, he I mean, he's royally messing up and he's not in control. So you're just kind of watching this kid go along for a ride, trying to figure it out. And then his, his family gets thrown into the mix and he has to do what he has to do because of it. But he doesn't, he's just not perfect. He's, he's, gets his ass kicked in this movie. And I did appreciate that because on paper, when you watch Blue Beetle, you're like, his powers are ultimate, but he doesn't feel ultimate. But as he gets mastery of the powers, he feels better and better. It's really cool. I think they did a fantastic job of that. Are you getting Mm -hmm. like Peter Parker vibes from it in terms of like youthness into the hero? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's definitely there, yeah. but it still feels unique because it's a whole <clears throat> whole new world. Like, it is a whole new world. Like, yeah. literally, yeah, just, uh, yeah, I don't know what type of world dynamic I could talk about that would make it comparable. Mm. But I don't know, Scott, do you have a comparison to, like, his family structure, the dynamics the vibe like i can't i can't think of anything that's comparable comparable to um yeah i don't i don't i can't really think of another like what other hero has that much family he can go to like i, I can't really think of another hero that like, has like maybe all the family who's in on it too like they all know he's blue beetle that's, that's another true thing too. Oh, they're there when he gets it mm-hmm. when he transforms and then he's like oh, he shoots out the roof like that's in the trailer where they're all looking up yeah so like right then like everyone knows his secret his immediate family knows his secret and i think that is different as well um yeah because every other dynamic like i gotta keep this a secret like everyone's like worried about him and rooting for him at the same time and he's trying to save his family and they're all kind of involved in this thing yeah um yeah so i think that's that's huge that's different um yeah, on the power side, it's cool because his suit is almost like Green Lantern in the sense where, like, it can do anything he imagines, but he's like Iron Man in the sense where it's because it's a suit, but it's, like, symbiotic. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. it's not like he can, like, make a giant thing and keep people trapped in it, but he can also, like, shoot right. out. There's a part in the movie where like, he shoots out, like, 
these energy holding things yeah, and these like hooks. holds people to the wall or something. Yeah. yeah. So like, but then he they can disappear. Do cool shit like that, and I, then they I disappear after back a while. into yeah. the suit. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. Like you're right. Like it, it definitely leads the door open to Green Lantern, and there is a Green Lantern Easter egg right at the beginning of the movie, which was like, oh sick. shit, that's sick. It just. I think this is a great character. I really want people to support the movie and like go to the movie <clears> theater. I know we're not supposed to promote <laughs> movie theaters, but like I think this kid deserves it. I think the cast deserves it. Even the chick who plays uh, Jenny Cord, she's awesome too. I'm like, who is she? One, she's super hot. Two, like she's a r- tremendous actress. And like it, yeah, she just kind of came out of nowhere. So a lot of the leads are very, they're not like A list stars. But I think that's why it's more believable. Yeah, maybe he has like mm-hmm. this Miles Morales type of situation. But again, to Scott's point, the family knows. Not, not like Miles' family who doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he has the support of his family. The other thing that's funny is um, he ha- like a symbiote. Like he has this thing in him that's talking to him. And there's times where he's like, shut up. And no one else can hear it. So that's what's funny because in the Justice, Young Justice cartoon and stuff, that's kind of the thing that's like, that's part of the comedy of his character. Like he's chilling with them and he's like, oh, no, it's, I'm not going to do that. And they're like, are you okay? Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm good. Good. Like he's like still learning his powers and whatnot. And they capture all that really well too. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I think it's cool. It's cool. Um, it's good for all ages. Yep. Yeah. Check yep. it out for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. If I had to rate it, it's like, I'm going to say just cause I want people to see it like eight out of 10. Like I'm gonna rate it, you know. Probably realistically, it's probably like a seven and a half. But like I, for me, I'm gonna say eight because I really enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's a good time. Yeah, good That's time. So the next bit, talking about families, we got a new show on Netflix. It's a documentary, and it follows the Furies and the Gypsy King. It's called At Home with the Furies, and it follows Tyson Fury, Tommy Fury, and their dad. I want to say it's. Tony, I might be wrong. Papa Fury? Yeah, Papa Papa Fury. Fury. (laughs) But literally, they're gypsies. I mean, that's where... That's how he was raised and as Tyson and Tommy. They live this nomadic lifestyle. But also with that interesting kind of upbringing, Tyson becomes the undefeated heavyweight champion of the world. Is one of the best boxers of all time. And is... Probably one of the most famous and richest people in the UK, but lives in this tiny little beach town called Morecambe Bay with his gypsy family, six boys and six girls. So it's it's reality TV, but I've got sucked into it. He is an interesting guy. Um, before I even knew him as a boxer, I saw him go on a podcast and talk about his struggles with mental health, his bipolar, his depression, his drug and alcohol abuse. And uh, it's really interesting to see him at home as this family guy when I've also seen him talk about that stuff and then also be- beat the living crap out of people in a boxing mm-hmm. ring. So it's good. I, I uh, do recommend that one as well. It's on Netflix. And uh, if any of you are Love Island fans, his brother, Tommy Fury, who was in Love Island and should have won, I think, season six, uh, he's in there with his girlfriend from love island and uh if you've been following the news this shouldn't be a spoiler but she's actually pregnant and so this love island couple really is working and uh we get to you get to follow them more post love island so great uh it's a fun show yeah i'm really liking it i'm only like three episodes in 
Wait, how much episodes are there? Should have looked that up. (laughs) (laughs) So what what would you say separates this from something like as popular as like the Kardashians or Jersey Shore? What what brings it home and makes it uh, special? Not not just for you, but for other people who enjoy reality shows. Good question. I think he's from the UK, so they have their own little accent and sayings. Oh, that yeah, I'm like an automatic sucker for that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they throw in like a British accent, like and just oh, you know, I don't know, it just does that that type of dialogue. Like I'm on board with it. I said a dialogue like it's coming from a script, but this is literally just people talking to their family. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that part of it's good. And also like he really is trying to be a good family man. Um, he also is struggling with the fact that he's supposed to be retired and he doesn't, he wants to retire, but at the same time, it's what saves him from his mental health. So like they talk constantly about the last time Tyson um, retired, he fell into a super dark place. Like he started drinking too much. He did a bunch of drugs. He gained a bunch of weight. He was, he was super depressed. And so it's like, how does a guy who is aging out of a sport then retire when the sport was what was keeping him mentally together? And so there's that aspect, but like the, the surrounding family is great too. And his kids, like the wife is trying to keep them as normal as possible. And then also, if you know nothing about gypsy culture, which I don't know a lot, I do know that there's a big gypsy population, I think in Virginia, but it is, um, I'm just gonna say like, to me, it's pretty wild. Like they, they do everything over the top and it's almost like quinceaneras for every birthday party and, um, Mm. they overdo the makeup and the dresses and like they live this over the top lifestyle, but then you expand that to this super wealthy guy and then, you know, it's just, everything's over the top. Plus it can go big all the time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so, I mean, he's larger than life himself. He's a character. Some of the things he says is just like, damn, yeah, he deserved to have his own reality TV show. But, uh, man, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating following him and the whole family and, and how it all works. Oh, nice. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and we can watch yeah, it on Netflix. It and you can see it on Netflix. I, in the midst of that, I didn't look up how many episodes, but I'm sure, um, <laughs> it's a good amount of episodes. I would say six or more. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> At least two. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Let us know what you think. Do it. The next thing is we're going into a Pixar movie. I should say it's more of our Disney segment because we're going from Disney to Disney. But it's a movie yeah. that I talked about, I want to say, like, maybe last month or something like that. But it's been keeping – it kind of kept up momentum in theaters, which is surprising because normally movies kind of drop off. But this thing has been keeping pace. And I think it's, it was projected to lose a bunch of money. Now it's projected to make some money. And mm-hmm. it is one of Pixar's newest called Elemental. You just watched it, Scott. What do you think about Elemental? Yeah, um, Elemental – this was one like I, I'm like, oh, I usually always look forward to Pixar movies. Um, this one, it looked cool. I was like, maybe I can wait till it comes out digitally. So I did. It's um, it's available to rent now. Um, went ahead, checked it out. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I was reading like some I don't know why, you know, you can never trust reviews. But for whatever reason, you read them and you're like, oh, I'm going to let this kind of cloud my judgment for a bit. And it kind of did like there's people like. 
I don't know about this movie, woke this, woke that, or whatever. But I watched it, and I enjoyed it. Um, it touches on, um, I guess it's like a real life scenario in this like make believe world. Like um, Ember is the fire character, and um, her family comes from like what it seems like um, like an um, Asian descent, like maybe Chinese or something. Um, they're they show in the beginning that like her parents came from like fireland mm. settled in um where they are and then this was their first child born there like in like i guess would would be like america or whatnot yeah like, whatever like, big almost city. like an abc <clears throat> yeah yeah and um and they're living in the fire town of like this place and um the the world or the place they're living in is like kind of catered a lot to like water people um, just like the way the tracks run, there's like water going and um, there's things throughout that like touch on like racism in the sense in this world, like where it's um, like be, there's a part where she wants to see this thing as a kid. And like because she's a fire type, there's like danger of maybe them burning something. So they're like no fires allowed, you mm-hmm. know, and this is something she experienced growing up. So like there's these touches on things that I guess everyone can relate to, you know, like um there's there's like racism that we deal with you know yeah Um, whether it's like on purpose or like it just that's how it's set up like the system is set up this way and it's like un unknowingly racist right like yeah yeah it's like you were saying like she's a fire person and like it's a full water track like how does like how does she ride that trade without like possibly getting washed out you know, so it's yeah. like, yeah, it's, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like you is. get on the train, but like, yeah, underneath is water. And like when it goes by, it splashes water. So like mm-hmm. they always got umbrellas to make sure they don't get hit by it, you know. And the think like if you were a fire person, like death could just be raining on you at all times. Like that's kind of terrifying. Um, but the way they <laughs> set it up is, is cool. Like he, he um, she meets like this character, Wade, who ends up being like an inspector and like because of like events ends up in her shop yeah and he like feels sorry for everyone right like he's not like a police inspector he's like a check the meters expect yeah check the yeah yeah just like a city inspector (laughs) yeah and he just so happens in her shop and he's like oh my god there's like so many things i gotta write citations for here i don't want to do it yeah he's definitely a a, a non-traditional male character yeah yeah Hmm. and in the beginning i hate this guy um because he's like i gotta turn it in and she's like dude like if you turn this in they're gonna close down my shop and he's like i gotta do it i'm sorry Mm -hmm. and it turns to this chase scene and i'm like what a piece of shit like fuck this guy and then um but of course they needed something to turn into like the movie being about how to fix this situation and he ends up on her side and then you end up like really liking these two characters together you get to meet both of their families and how how like um their parents see their other you know friend or whatnot and it's a cool movie like um and and they make um they do some really cool things with the characters they have like there's a part in it where she like she makes like an air balloon real quick because she's like a fire type person so they stand on the thing she puts a big cloth over and she heats up and they start flying like a lot of really creative things that you could only do in this type of world she can like weld Um, metal using her heat she she can can blow glass yeah and they touch on that it's like there's that aspect of um she's expected to take over the family's business but she's actually really talented at like blowing glass and she just sees it as a ah it's just a thing i do and they're like they they touch on in the movie like 
people appreciating art and they're like you have like a really good talent here you should do something with it but she's torn between like having to take over her family business and what her family might think of her and all that stuff but yeah overall um really good movie and a lot more feels um than i thought it was gonna have like um, yeah yeah it was it was good yeah Yeah. it was really good. It had the amount of feels that I thought it would have. I mean, Pixar yeah. does a good job of just like making you feel something from a damn cartoon. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I love the world that they created because it was so creative and unique. It was like, okay, you got your four elements, right? We got wind, water, earth, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it just, yeah, it worked really well. And that relationship really does grow on you and you end up rooting for them. Like you really do. You're like, okay, yeah, I want this to work. And, uh, yeah, I I think that the symbolism was, was subdued. It wasn't like in your face, like, oh, this, like if people are shouting woke, it's because they were, they were looking for something to be mad about. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like, that wasn't, that's there in the story for sure. That's a point of it, Mm -hmm. but it's not the main point. The main point is like to accept people, even if it seems like you come from different worlds and yeah. uh, yeah. And so to your point, I think that is what people should take away from it. It's like, you know, just give somebody a a chance and you know, it may surprise you. They may be the next best person in your life because you gave them the opportunity and uh, yeah, I loved it. I thought this was really, really well done. Again, didn't set the world on fire. No pun intended for the fire people, but it's like, <clears throat> it was really sweet. It was uh-huh. cute. It had some funniness in it. Um, and yeah, it just was a really unique world. The, the thing for me I find interesting is like, this movie Elemental didn't do that well right off the bat, but then you get an Across the Spider-Verse that's doing really well. I think TMNT is not doing bad, so it's like I wonder if people are moving away from that type of animation and more towards what we're seeing in Across the Spider-Verse. All right, do you, hmm. What do you guys think? I mean, po- potentially, I think there's a lot of in between. I think a Pixar movie is going to be a Pixar movie based on the fact of how they do their illustrations and their animations. And especially when it comes to something, uh, Pixar in itself has always been very good at thought provoking things through the lens of these, uh, I I don't want to say symbolic characters, but characters into which you can relate to on not only an adult level, but also as a youth. And with animation like TMNT, it may be more visually attractive and it may be able to, uh, relate to uh, maybe more youthful individuals or individuals that are fans of, but I don't know that the art style in itself um, to a degree lends itself to the already established relationship we have with Pixar based on the consistency into which they've done their illustrations. Does that make sense? Yeah. Also, this movie is like a property that is you like, you just found out about maybe a year ago. And then you're seeing the movie versus like Ninja Turtles and Spider-Man is something you are familiar with and True, usually yeah. has a good track record. And, um, especially into Spider-Verse 2, you, if you already like the first one, you're watching the second one. And then TMNT, like, um, yeah, if you're either fans like us who like grew up with it or you're like little kids who just like action things, like you're going to like this movie, like, and you've heard of Ninja Turtles, um, the, what, this movie Elemental has is like mainly the Pixar name <clears throat> and Disney. Um, True. And I think with the, I don't know, like it, it's, it's unfortunate how much 
the um the internet has like how, how much of a push it has in some ways on like parents i guess because um it seems like all you need is one comment going like they're trying to make our kids gay or something ridiculous like that and then they're like oh well i best best to just stay away from this for now maybe catch it when it streams or you know right. like it's it's like less um enticing to go and watch it in theaters or what have you um yeah but yeah i mean i enjoy i enjoy pixar and i didn't think and there was nothing in this movie that's pushing anything down your throat so like relax internet um it was yeah. a cool movie they did a lot of cool stuff it was really creative um yeah check it out it's good i think um us growing up in hawaii where it's just culturally diverse and much different than kind of the the polarity of the mainland how the mainland can be mm. um a lot of this, a lot of like all of those things we like grew up with everybody's a different ethnicity and so to differentiate yeah. yourself you have to kind of like oh how do i get along with this person oh well they happen to be a certain ethnicity and i what i know about this and what can i learn and what what do i already know and how can that blend and mesh and also taking into account like the the individuality of that but also being the group that is hawaii because wherever we go when we meet other hawaii people we automatically feel that connection um with multiple different ethnicities versus like yeah. if you're a Mexican from Mexico and you meet other Mexicans who speak Spanish as well too, that's that connection. Um, so I think there is some sort of like tribalism to a degree, especially with these movies coming out that are giving us thought provoking things amidst all of the, uh, you know, I guess like the, the culture wars that are happening within the U S but I think Joe Rogan, uh, how he talked about Barbie. It's like, a, it's a movie. So to take something out of context that's supposed to be entertainment and supposed to be thought provoking and to make it something that's like a political stance or, or this, that, and the other, like, unless it is supposed to be that you're just making an assumption and it, you know, the outrage of all of that stuff, I think adds to the strike. It adds, uh, in terms of the, um, the writer strike and all of that jazz, the, um, acting uh, screen actors guild, because how then can you make a movie if, you know, one comment on the internet is going to ruin the whole thing. So I think there's a lot of interconnection with that and entertainment. Hmm. Like you mean that people are trying to push an agenda or they're not, or they're just trying to tell a good story. Like I'm, it, even if, so, mean? for example, if you're writing a story or acting, um, aside from the fact of, you know, they're not getting paid or the bad treatment, it's your artistic values then, start to not depreciate but become secondary towards what the public is narrating yeah so like public opinion you're saying is more important than what these people are trying to create or the public opinion is now uh hindering these artists to be able to create their art yeah because there's I so like, much boundaries i i would agree with you on that yeah, it's it definitely yeah. feels like because I mean a case in point, Blue Beetle. Like, why? Because people think it's not gonna be a part of the new DCU, or is it? Just I don't know stuff. if it's like a heritage thing or tied to like a culture or ethnicity. I don't know, but yeah, it's been a really interesting year in terms of like what does well and what doesn't. Like, I again, mm -hmm. I'm gonna bring this up. I don't think the Flash was that bad of a movie, but I think for a lot of people, they couldn't get out of their mind that Ezra yeah. Miller was the lead. 
they were like, nope. They're like, nope, Ezra Miller, not doing it, not doing it. And I felt that way for a long time too, so I understand it. But Mm -hmm. it's funny how that narrative is like the only thing people will focus on. And the internet is notorious for that because you get whatever it is, like 200 characters for a comment, and then you write your whole comment, and then there's that's it. You know, or you get your two lines because you know people aren't going to read it. But Let's. I, I I appreciate you bringing this up because I think our world is way more complex than mm-hmm. two lines to describe a movie or a show yeah. or an episode that that doesn't encapsulate everything. And that's why I'm happy we get to do this and jump on a podcast yeah. and talk about it because mm-hmm. listen, there's like we've already talked about Blue Beetle, not the best movie in the world, but it's still worth seeing. And Elemental sure. may not be the best movie in the world, but like, <laughs> yeah, if you have kids and you want to entertain them and you want to see something unique, then fucking show them Elemental because it's perfect. But mm-hmm. there's just, yeah, don't limit yourselves too yeah. much because of a few things you read. The, and I think, yeah, and hopefully I think this podcast allows people to to open their mind a little bit. Drake. The contradiction is is just interesting because we live in a world now that that preaches acceptance and nuance and individualism and yet to not be able to take uh, art at face value right to be like oh this is nuanced and i accept it for what it is and not necessarily add more to it than uh, you know it's interpretation is obviously going to be different per person but like this person's creating art regardless of how you quote unquote feel about it mm-hmm. should you be uh you know, polarized about it to be like, oh, it's super bad or it's super good based on whatever is popular in the culture right now. Like, right. again, it's there's sexist, nuance. It's yeah, racist. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. It's just too much. It can just be. Let it, yeah. I think it can be sometimes for sure. It, yeah. it can be. But yeah, I, I want to encourage this as much as possible. Like, you know, if something's good, go in with your own mind, your own thoughts for and sure. really judge it for that don't read a couple things online from one person you kind of like his views and then take that verbatim like that's just it's silly it's small-minded um but if you do that i mean i can't blame you it's up to you but at the same time like give things a shot and try to see things from outside your bubble i think it's super important it's something that i think i'm always going to try to do and i think it's something that movies shows comic books uh they allow you to do that they allow you to walk in someone else's shoes and see things from a different perspective which mm-hmm. if you have any type of strong self-constitution will not diminish who you are in your mind like it's okay to th- see things from a new perspective shout out to yeah. panic at the disco but i mean like <laughs> like you know i don't know i truly believe that i think that is something that should be embraced and hopefully we can. One thing that I don't think is going to be controversial by many, because I really dug it and I hope you guys did too, Agreed. was we got the new Ahsoka show. Ahsoka. Is yes. Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah. All right. We got into it. It's pretty much Rebels uh, 2.0. 2.0. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you guys watched the cartoons though, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. So I didn't. Um, Idiot. I kind of like I maybe watched the first episode, and it's wow. definitely one that I'm kicking myself in the butt now. Yep. To like, um, I like I've heard of certain characters that they're talking about on the show. We'll get into it, but I didn't get to like fully enjoy the the um the weight of these characters when these names are thrown around. You know, like uh-huh. I know they 
cast a big wake, but I'm like, oh, part of me wants to like stop time and go watch all the Rebels before episode three. Um, oh. But even with that to say, I was like, OK, well, I get an opportunity now to watch this show from the perspective of not watching the cartoons and seeing if I can still enjoy it. Yeah, and I, I did. I really did. I feel like they did a good job of like nodding to the cartoon. They even show them, you know, um, their cartoon versions on the wall at one point. Um, and they mention certain characters in a way where you're like, you get enough of it to know what's going on or you're like, no, they're going to touch on it more later or whatnot. And I was never really like confused at all. Oh, that's um, good. So that, that was cool. And then of course, yeah, I enjoyed the shit out of these first two episodes. Like, Oh, so good. Yeah. So fucking good. Right on. That's super good to hear. Cause I, I had the same question with Christina and you guys are like, it's super hard for me to get her to watch anything with me. And, uh, we put on this first episode and she, she was hooked. I was like, you know, I wanted to be that annoying guy. I was like, well, let me explain to you who Ezra Bridger is. Or like, let me <laughs> yeah, tell yeah. you about Sabine. <clears throat> you know, like, let's pause and like, let me take you down this detour. But I did. And I was like, all right, let me just watch, let her watch it. She's into it. And if she has questions, we'll like, we'll act accordingly. But she didn't have many questions. She might have been like, well, why does Sabine do this? Or, you know, why did Ez like, where is Ezra? You know, and like simple questions. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this is what happened. But she seemed to understand a lot of it too so i think that's already a win especially nice, yeah. like when you don't know a lot of, this is again based off of rebels it seems like but if you don't watch rebels it still seems like it works like this is something i think the mcu needs to take note of but anyways yeah before we go to that drake what, what were your thoughts i really enjoyed uh the ahsoka show um we already talked about the cast cast is stellar obviously you got a super strong um female fronted cast that are giving us a lot of great rebels um kind of callbacks and also kind of the the evolution just like how we've seen anime and then the next season everybody's kind of grown up and they have a little bit more uh, to offer um Things that I for sure dug just from episode one is the samurai western vibes that we've talked about before. Hmm. Um, especially that there's a, there's a scene into which Ahsoka kind of has to battle some of these droids and it's very thoughtful and it's not overtly done where there needs to be a lot of CG or, um, effects to make Ahsoka seem agile and, um, like a Jedi, right? Even though she's aged substantially since last we've seen her in Rebels. The way that, uh, the show, the first episode set up the plot, we know exactly what, what's going on, right? You have the group of rebels, you have the group of the other individuals, they're trying to find Thrawn. And then, uh, that's kind of what's moving everything forward. Things happen, things ensue. Right. Like, but it's a simple goal. Like, we got to get, goal. we got to get to Thrawn yeah. first. So now that we know that all the other stuff that's surrounded, much like how the first season of The Mandalorian did, is now we can kind of see like the world building that they've created, which is super awesome. And one thing that I really enjoyed uh, about episode one was like the the editing and the blocking and the direction yeah. of everything. It was so yeah. intentional. One of my favorite scenes, and this is kind of small in comparison to like all of the other fight scenes, was when Ahsoka met Sabine again uh, and they walked into the ship. And Ahsoka is walking kind of in the back frame, stage right, or stage left, I should say, mm -hmm. goes into that room and the door closes. And then now Sabine has like this, the, our focus is on Sabine and she's now reacting to the ship that she used to grow up on with Ezra 
and is is thinking and contemplating about what it's going to be like to be back in this environment when she was uh, Ahsoka's Padawan, right? And just that closing of the door, much like how when she uh, dropped down in her house and you could see all the Mandalorian armor kind of mm-hmm. tucked underneath, all of those kind of subtle cues of what was is no longer and yeah. having to kind of get back into that was like very beautifully done. So awesome to the director in that situation. Yeah, which was Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni. He, yeah, he Dave. wrote yeah. and directed Direct everything, this, Dave. Yeah, which he, he will direct a movie coming up, but you're, you're so right about that. The, obviously, the action in it was incredible. You're so right. Like it was, <coughs> it was done very smart. Like it was almost practical. You know, five droids surround her and then they basically cut holes and eliminate a few of them so she can – take down the rest so it's easier there's less of like it's not five on one it's three on one or two on one so smart but there's a scene in this and some people said this episode was slow i didn't find that at all i found Mm -hmm. there was nuggets of information in every scene that made it interesting but one in particular that was slow but i loved was when they got the when sabine got the star map and she goes back to the observation tower Mm -hmm. and she's looking at the hologram map and she's like, okay, eliminate the faces, like turn this, do this. And she, and then the light bulb goes off and she's like, oh, I get it. I have to like do this and turn the key a little bit. And you can see they just allow Sabine to really, what's her name? Natasha Leo Bordoza. Yep. Mm-hmm. She, Bordizo. Bordizo. She's sick. Like so one good. dream crush, new internet crush for sure. Yep. But then uh, <laughs> she like was really good. And I haven't seen her in too much before this, but she gets to act. And I, I dig this choice because uh, yeah. that scene kind of sold it for me. Yeah, I agree. I, I like them um, being able to have the character sit in the scene and like it like draws you in, at least for me, like it lets me like it draws me in and then lets me like be there with the characters. There were parts of this that kind of reminded me of like it was shot like an A24 film. Yeah. Like where it's like not much music going on. Mm. You're like you have time to even watch the wind blow and see things move. Like like when the droids show up, it was cool like how like they stood there, but they were kind of it was kind of creepy like. And then their capes are kind of blowing. It like it gives you a beat to like really take in like, okay, how are we gonna do this? Right. Um Yeah, how she can even get to the out point of this where situation. like how she does her like it was so cool even just i mean we watched in the trailers but how she shoots her um lightsaber to the ground and then like aggressively like rotates it around like like everything was just like no wasted time not like the movies were like we gotta slowly break this like like, you know phantom menace yeah maybe that door was way stronger i don't know but still like the way everything (laughs) was just like done so purposely and Mm -hmm. like just everyone was yeah i don't know it was so cool even like the fight scene with the droid Mm -hmm. um up in the rooftop she takes one out and then when Ashoka comes back and then is waiting and then it tries to come from the top and she's like, I knew you're there. Like, she's just right. so badass the way they make her and like the way, I don't know, I, it's like they put extra love into the CG too where it looked like realistic. Um, Definitely. Yeah, it was just shot so good. Even the scenes with, um, what's his name, Balin and um, ba- Yeah, so his, we, we gotta um, talk about Balin Skull and Shin Hadi. Yeah. Yeah, well. like, um, I mean, even just like them st- it seems like even the tinge of the um, the the tint on the film 
is just mm-hmm. a little different too. It's a little darker. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, they're like they're putting like, almost like a filter over the film in their scenes, so it feels yeah. a little bit more like ominous and mysterious and yep. grittier. Yeah. Dark Jedi. Yeah, it's it, cool. It is really cool. Uh, but yeah, you talked about great scenes. I loved one in particular. So when Shin Hadi is told to go after. <clears throat> Sabine Wren. Oh, There's yeah, a part yeah. where a droid, like an orb droid, flies back to her. And yeah. it reminds me so much of the scene of Darth Maul where that Hell same yeah. orb came in. And I was like, damn, that is <clears throat> that's just good. It's like calling back on things we know as Star Wars fans. And I think yeah. that's the thing. This is tying into something new, but still feels so original. Like it still mm-hmm. feels like the classics. And I and only Dave Filoni, I think, could do that because he's somebody who's sat down and talked with George Lucas and studied every little detail of the film, but then was like, I have new stories to tell with and new characters. So man, yeah, he was the right choice to do this. Um, it's so exciting. What do we think or how, no, what do we think about Shin Hadi and Balin Skull and the late great Ray Stevenson? Because um, one, I think he was amazing. And two, it's just so sad that, I don't know what happens to his character in the season, but it, if he's supposed to be alive at the end of the season, it really makes me sad that we're not getting him back for a season two. Yeah. Um, they really brought a presence to the, the, sh- uh, so in the scene into which they board the ship and they're masquerading <coughs> as Jedi, OG Jedi. And then there's a questioning, uh, from the captain of said ship. That's, when you kind of get that really big shift, but a shift into which you felt the inertia of, right? You know, they're not good guys. You know, they're Jedis. We've never really seen quote unquote dark Jedis in, um, in the IP as much as, for example, like the, uh, the inquisitors. They're not necessarily dark Jedis as much as they are inquisitors because they don't have that Jedi background as strong as, um, Ray Stevenson and Ivana Sanko. So, to have them kind of automatically have that Jedi kind of mentality, but use it for their own uh, avarice, essentially, mm-hmm. um, like an orange uh, lantern ring. Um, mm. To see that kind of like shift it. I don't know that you could have found actors that are better at it. I think the looks that they have, the the voice how they carry how they work well together i think all those things casting wise and Mm -hmm. writing wise kind of sold it for me especially like ivana's like um angular face it it just seems more menacing um yeah yeah it's a good face but she's good yeah she definitely to me too feels more evil than he does like he feels like he is a fallen Jedi where he believed in the order. He was a good Jedi. Order yeah. 66 happened. She's like and malice. now, yeah. And he found this girl who <clears> has <throat> powers and, and, and he's like, you're going to be my Padawan, but it feels like she's willing to go more dark than he is. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it doesn't feel like they're Sith. We know they're not Jedi. So what are they? Like, are they dark Jedi? Are there something we don't, that we haven't heard of yet? That, you know, maybe some of the remaining Jedi or Force users in the galaxy turned to this other faction when, you know, the Jedi were slaughtered. I don't know, but it's cool. Like, it feels like they just feel unique. Yeah, like, it it feels like he truly believes the side he's on is the side. Maybe that's going to win or whatnot. It's like the smarter, more calculated side where she's like, 
maybe more Sith like where it's like I'm gonna kill you one day and like become you know the leader like the, I'm gonna you know but um because yeah. there's that part too where they um what is it when when they order him to go and kill um Ahsoka right and he's like oh it'd be a sh- it's gonna be a shame to like, kill another Jedi or whatnot and she's like oh like basically like oh is that weakness and he's like it's just the truth yeah like he really genuinely feels like fuck there's not a lot of us out there like i really wish i didn't have to mm-hmm. put anyone else out like yeah but, but he's like i'm gonna still do what i'm gonna do yeah because she's in the way the sides are like switched now like with the rebel alliance they had nothing to lose and everything to gain right and now after this situation the it's the opposite right finding thrawn is like the last haymaker that this group could possibly make to bring back um the you know the imperial forces and they have literally nothing to lose, right? Because yeah, the Rebel well, Alliance is already kind of prevalent, and the yeah, New they Republic won. and Bloody Bloop Bloop. They beat the Empire. Darth Vader's now dead. Um, yeah, there's nothing for, I guess, this evil faction to lose, which is what you're saying, right? Like they yeah. can go and do anything. And Thrawn was literally the heir to the Empire. So if they find him you got this whole new force that can come in. And I, I said this on a, the other podcast, but it's like, it's, um, it's this sweet spot in the timeline of star Wars yeah. where it's right at the end of return of the Jedi, but it's before the force awakens. And that spot has been kind of untapped, but yeah, it's the perfect place for a Thrawn like entity to come in and just try to rule. It's cool. Yeah. Like, Oh man, they found this really great spot. I hope um, in the upcoming episodes, I mean, obviously we want to get a little bit more unfurling of the plot and seeing where it goes. I think with our expectations, or at least my expectations, they need to find Thrawn. There needs to be a conclusion with Ahsoka and like her Jedi-ness because she's always been teetering on like, what should I do? My master is now Darth Vader. Um, I, I don't want to be a part of the Jedi at the same time I am a Jedi. Much like on the opposite way with Ray Stevenson's character and Ivana's character where they have they accept the fact that they're Jedis and they, they want to do what they want to do with their Jedi powers. Ahsoka is still struggling between actually being on like the Jedi Jedi-ness, you know, the good portion of it yeah, and figuring I mean, out her herself yeah she hasn't called herself a jedi in decades at this point yeah right like she had the opportunity to come back to the jedi order she said no i'm not a jedi which is even more confusing because in the in the mandalorian he calls her a jedi she helps luke but she's not a jedi so the whole title is very interesting what i'm mm-hmm. liking though in these first two episodes and i think what she's gonna have to come to grips with is the idea of master and apprentice Mm. Like she yeah. was an apprentice yeah. for so long to Anakin yeah. and uh, I can't take credit for this. Frank said it, but it's like she wanted to um, – she thinks maybe that if she had stuck around, she might have been able to save Anakin from falling to the dark side. Ah, I don't know about that, but yeah. Yeah, but like – but she also walked away from Sabine and where would Sabine have been if she had stayed with her and said, hey, you can be my – you can yeah. be my Padawan. I'll be your master. I'll make you as good as I can possibly make you. The other thing to that too is like, did, were you guys surprised? Oh, well, probably not Scott, but were you surprised that Sabine was Ahsoka's Padawan? And then does that mean Sabine has the force? Because they hint uh, at it at Rebels. They never, yeah. say, they never show us she's no. got the force. So it's like, there, this is a crazy. There's been only one other force user that has been a Mandalorian. That's Tar Vizsla from Clan Vizsla. And possibly Grogu, possibly Grogu. Um, 
but in terms of just like being a Mandalorian <clears throat> from Mandalore, um, if they're going in this direction, because obviously it's going to be tough to bring back Tar Vizsla, because who doesn't want to see the Mandalorian be a Jedi? So I think this is kind of like their shift, um, mm. because traditionally the Mandalorians don't necessarily approve of the ways of the Jedi because they think that their power in themselves is should supersede using the mythical force. Um, that and also like they always believe they're stronger together, where Jedi believe they're stronger so without attachment. Yeah. Yeah. So in in that idea of Master Padawan um, getting through that trauma with uh, Ahsoka and, um, you know, finding Thrawn, it seems as if to Sabine has to have an arc into which concludes to fulfill her quote unquote destiny, whereas she's she's kind of the main focus of Ezra Bridger. And if we're not seeing Ezra Bridger or unless they're going to find them, Sabine is carrying that Ezra Bidger-like character where we're following her arc to become the person she needs to be following her feet. Um, mm. So hopefully that is the case because it would be sick to see a Mandalorian with with uh, Force abilities. Yeah. yeah. I was in this show, I thought maybe the part where they were showing something like that would be when um, she um, she doubled down on her speeder and then like cut it off the last minute, slid under the yeah the thing like to me that was like oh okay that was like her unknowingly kind of knowing she could do crazy fucking shit like that maybe she sees it a little different in her head and it's normal force allows you to do crazy fucking shit shit. and then maybe like so if i think of it as this is like my anime right now if i think of it like in um like one piece sense there's people with powers and there's people without powers there's people who master powers there's people who master like in a different way, like technique, skills. but without powers. Yeah. So right. like Zorro. maybe she's going to bring, yeah, like her Mandalorian-esque thing, Master the Jedi way with technique. Maybe she has the slightest bit of like intuition, mm-hmm. but maybe not as strong as other Jedis you've seen, but right. she's more so going to be like a technique-based Jedi or something, which would be cool too. I completely mm-hmm. agree. Because I, I was saying if she does have the force, I don't see her doing like force pulling and force pushing. It's more of like a spidey sense where she like <coughs> knows something that's mm-hmm. going on or she can feel there's like a disturbance or there's danger or something like – or someone's around. I think you're yeah. right. I, I could see it going that direction. and I, I like it. It's cool that they gave her the light saber at the end of episode one yeah. and she actually like, gets to use it it's not like a finn thing where she finn kind of barely gets though, to but... use it and gets his ass kicked like she yeah. kind of holds her own and i appreciated that because she's trained with the dark saber like she's had lightsaber jedi training from kanan from rebels so like sabine is a badass character ready um the one criticism i've heard and I and I can kind of see where it's coming from is that this feels more of a Sabine show than an Ahsoka show. But I think it's that we have to set up the apprentice apprentice yeah. to understand the master. It's the first episode. Yeah. First two episodes. Like, relax. Yeah, yeah. And then we get more Ahsoka in episode two. Yeah. Um, we get to see more of Hera as well and her uh, piloting skills, which she's a badass pilot. I really dig this season already. And yeah. the goals are clear. The characters um, are clear yet have some mystery. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just like a really great place, I feel, for Star Wars. Man, it's – yeah, this is yeah. this is what I've been waiting for. I feel like even Andor, as great as that was, is still different. Like I almost put that in a different category than this. Like Ahsoka kind of falls into the Obi-Wan Mandalorian category for me, but it's doing it the best. But with like Andor seriousness. For sure. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like it, it feels like the show sure. takes itself serious. Mm-hmm. Like even when you said like taking a moment to take in all the – 
little nuances and whatnot. The way it's shot, just the quality overall yeah. feels like Andor. But then you're getting all the cool Mandalorian yeah. Jedi scenes. stuff that you want yeah. to see. Yeah. So it's like, this is great. Yeah. It's like, that's what that's the that's the moment I'm like it's like a twenty four Star Wars like you know <laughs> which, just like a serious which kind of was Andor so like yeah I'm yeah. up for it like give me yeah. give me Andor all day that show was fantastic uh, but yeah I, last thing I want to end on is just the a couple lightsaber fights uh, one where she's fighting the Inquisitor oh do you guys have any thoughts on who the Inquisitor could be and then we'll get into the fights any guesses uh. I would assume the the main bald one. What was his name? Uh, that was the Grand Inquisitor, but I think he died in Obi Wan Kenobi. I think he Darth Maul's it comes back with oh android arms. Okay, that's a fair mm. guess. Because he, he, he's the strongest no one. That's why. So why would you bring back a non-strong Inquisitor? Unless it's the, I, I think there's two things it could be. It could be one of the Inquisitors that attacked. Ezra and Darth Maul in the oh. in the Sith temple. Oh, yeah, there was yeah, one yeah. guy that like they attacked and then he got kind of beaten. He just like flew away. Um, I think it could be him because I don't remember what happens to that guy. Or two, I'm kind of leaning towards what Frank said, which is he thinks it could be Cal Kestis from the video games. And that's not going to make a lot of sense to you if you haven't played the video or you haven't beaten the vi- video games. But it's an interesting theory. Mm-hmm. And uh, the more evidence he brought, the more I was like, I could kind of see that working if he's a double agent. So I don't know. I hope so. Uh, I don't know if I hope so, but I hope whoever it is, it's worth the unmasking because to say mask through two episodes, we have six left. That's not a lot. Um, if man, you better show us. Like yeah, you gotta show sure. us. No, I'm gonna go ahead and say I hope so because that'd be a cool way to freaking crossover from video game to live action yeah i'll be about it even though i haven't played the games yeah i'll let them explain it to me i'll, I'll be down the, yeah that'd the, be cool the actor said he wants to do it um people at star wars celebration were like massively cheering for him um something monahan but uh that guy who plays cal kestis is dope and uh i'm i'm kind of for it i'm kind of leaning towards like i kind of like that theory but uh unless frank listens to this i'll never give him credit uh, <laughs> yeah, edit this part out. Yeah, you celebrated it. it exactly. But uh, last thing on the lightsaber fights, two parts. One in the second episode, they're at the shipyard. She stabs one of the droids when she's fighting the Inquisitor, uses him as a body shield, and starts attacking the Inquisitor with her other lightsaber. That yeah. part was so sick, and then spins out of it and cuts the droid in half. Uh, yeah, that was dope. And then the Inquisitor turns on his rotating lightsaber, throws it at her. It doesn't come back, um, and he runs, jumps on the ship, and in the smoke, Ahsoka runs out. And uh, I'm like, that lightsaber's coming back. It's coming back. Yeah. Then she just like leans to the side a little Dude, bit, like a fucking boss. Yeah, man. and the lightsaber goes past her. Oh my god, that was so like, sick. Didn't break eye contact. Yep. Yeah. I was like, this is, I know, that's what I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, oh man. I was so excited seeing, like, yeah, it was, it was weird. I was waiting for something weird to happen in the show where I'm like, this is why it sucks. Like, we've been seeing, like, <laughs> right, I right. guess, like, the, the Boba Fett and all that stuff. I don't know. There's a part of me that thought maybe I forgot about something in it. I didn't even, yeah. like, oh, loop dude, that in the mix sadly. because I forgot about that show. Yeah, we could drop it. We don't need to talk about it. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But 
yeah, there was just so many parts. I was like super pumped. Like, and a lot of the the choreography was great. Like yeah. all the lightsaber stuff. I'm looking I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's a cool fight scene. Um, even when um, Sabine was fighting um, Shin Hati, Ivana, or what's her name? Oh, Shin Shin Hati. Shin Hati. Um, that was cool because then she's like, I got my lightsaber. Give me the map. And then she brings out her red one. You can see her face like, fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got to yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah. And then it was a cool fight. And I'm glad she only got stabbed and not cut in half. Right, um, right. But yeah, that was cool. Qui-Gon like, yeah. got stabbed oh. and he died. Wait, who did? Qui-Gon? Yeah, but medicine got better, I think. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Technology advanced a ton. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. She... Um, Makes sense why she wears the Mandalorian armor in the next episode, like right away. <laughs> yeah. Like ah, that shit ain't happening again. I don't uh, get the rotating lightsaber. I just feel like that's so gimmicky. You didn't. You never liked it, even in um, even even. I. It's in intimidating. Rebel. Yeah, but like. I don't know. I, I feel like the Inquisitors need to have the rotation to be intimidating because they don't necessarily have the availability as real Jedi and or real Sith people. So yes, but play no. Fallen Order, play uh, yeah. Survivor. That will change your thoughts on it. it I, I know. I've I've in I've played Fallen Order and you beat Fallen Order. No, because the rotating lightsaber. No, it's badass. You didn't, even, <laughs> like, you didn't so get to the stupid. last fight. It's so sick. It's so it's cool. Dumb. Uh, no. It's only dumb when they try to use it to fly away. But other than that, badass. <laughs> only Gambit can Poppins do that, that okay? Yeah, yeah. Like, which doesn't make... Don't get me started on that. Yeah, All no right. shit. Yeah, that so shit everybody else, uh, let us know what you think about Ahsoka in the first couple of episodes. Um, drop us a review, comment, and we'll be... We'll make sure to shout it out on the episode. Um, I am going to get, I'm going to be in surgery again coming up here very shortly. So I'm probably not going to be in the podcast for at least the next month. Um, Drake and Scott will be taking over and you'll be in good hands with that. And then um, we're still thinking about and pray for and trying to help all the people on Maui. Um, just because the news isn't reporting it as much doesn't mean it's over. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people are still trying to figure out how to go on with life since it was uprooted or family members that have passed away or businesses lost or homes uh, that were lost. Yeah. All of that is still super sad. So if you can help support in any way, um, we'll make sure to add those foundations in the comments or follow us on social media. We have those constantly being posted as well. And uh, yeah, that's kind of it for this week. Scott, if you want, or if you can, and you should, and do, do it. Give us the final, <laughs> final words. Thanks for uh, tuning in, and thanks for sticking it with us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. nailed it. The Joystick Show. <laughs> If you've enjoyed what you've been listening to, we'd really appreciate a follow, subscribe, and a review. Just how we like chatting with our friends, please share this with yours. Feel free to join the squad and follow us at J-O-Y-S-C-H-T-I-C-K-S-H-O-W, Joystick Show on Twitter and Instagram, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you feel like submitting topics or questions to be discussed on future episodes, you can email us at joystick.show at gmail.com. As always, thank you, peace out, and make it a great rest of your week.